Self, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Therapies. Its continuing mission, to explore strange inner worlds, to seek out new insights and new realizations. To boldly go where no one has gone before. What is that sound? Spock? Computer? Unable to comply. But I didn't even ask a question. Unable to comply. Um, computer, can we at least get some lights? Unable to... I know, I know. Unable to comply. Well, let's see if the door's at least open. It's totally dark. Kirk to the bridge. Spock, what's going on? Captain, um, we're having some trouble with the ship's computer. Uh, Yes, I can see that. It's good to hear you haven't lost your sense of humor. It happened at 0600. We were scouting a neighboring sector when we picked up signs of an anomaly and... Please don't tell me you went to take a closer look. Well, I... Never mind. I will be on the bridge momentarily. If memory serves, the turbo lift doors are... Sir, they're not... Opening! We rerouted all power to the bridge in an attempt to escape the gravitational pull of... Spock, I thought I told you last time. No more research into spatial anomalies. It's bad enough to be stuck outside of time, let alone to be risking ending up in a new quadrant, or trapped in fluidic space, or... Spock, why aren't you interrupting me? I thought perhaps you would feel better if you got some of this out. But that can only mean... I'm afraid so, sir. It's a wormhole. To quote our future colleague, Mr. Data, that is correct. Hmm. Well, welcome, friends at home. I am Justine Mastin, LMFT, writer, educator, and captain of this particular ship. Welcome aboard. And I'm Larissa Garski, LMFT, writer, researcher, Spockian first officer. Hold on to something. Just a reminder to the listeners at home that just because we are therapists does not mean that we are your therapists. Unless, of course, we are your therapists. This podcast is for the purposes of education and humor and is not intended to replace seeing your own therapist. So listeners at home, this framing device today is a bit of a deep cut. Um, If you've been with us either from the beginning or like for, for, for four years, you will perhaps recall that in episode, in episode 38, we time warped. Let's do the time warp again. That's right. And I think the song that we sang was We're Going Back in Time. Huey Lewis. Uh, oh, oh, it was. And then I probably told the story about how Huey Lewis hit me with a chair once. You did. You did. I think that was... <laughs> <laughs> that that featured very prominently in episode 38. Um, and uh, yeah, then we went back, you know, metaphorically mm-hmm. speaking, to the days of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And um, in terms of like the the canonical history of this show, we have been there now for 40 eps. 
Mm. Mm-hmm. It feels like 40 years. <laughs> it really does. Um, and to be honest, when I went back and looked as I was prepping for our chat today, I was really shocked to see how much of this podcast actually took place during the years of the global pandemic. And because mm. it was, it was, it's been like a, a little over half the show. Uh, you know, I have, um, I have a client who um, began listening to the podcast rather recently. Oh. Um, yes, they they just sort of discovered it. I don't know, or or you know, they knew it existed. I love that. But they were like, "I'm going to dive into the back catalog." <laughs> and uh, during one of our sessions, and if they're listening now, hi, client, you know who you are. Um, they were like, "It was really funny to hear you talking before the pandemic." Knowing what was coming. Yeah, I bet it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet. I'm sure we did that thing that we often do where we had all these plans about what we were going to do for that season. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I was like, oh, wow, that's got to be, that's got to be a really unique experience to, mm-hmm. to go, to go back in time and listen to us. We were so young and hopeful and then no. What's on the horizon? <laughs> so I yeah that that was kind of that was wild. It's like okay, <laughs> I I I wonder what it's going to be like for you to relive some of some of the highlights of uh, or lowlights uh, or as it, as truly it were. <laughs> lowlights <laughs> of topical cultural mm-hmm. events, right? As so, we lived them. At this point, uh, dear listeners, you may be wondering why the reminiscing. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the answer to that question, I'm going to turn it over to you, mm. Captain mm-hmm. One James T. Kirk. Yep, 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 yep. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is my role. I am the deliverer of messages. I'm also the receiver of packages. Uh- <laughs> Uh, for folks at home, in in Spock and my relationship, we we team up on things often, and mm-hmm. usually, if people want to send us a physical object, they need to send it to one of us, and yes. I am the designated receiver of said packages. That's true. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. But but in this case, I am delivering uh, rather than receiving, Aww. and you. If you notice that perhaps I am putting off saying what I'm saying. Yeah, I am, I am. I am noticing that. I'm like, wow, this is a much longer preamble than I'd envisioned in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I should also own before you tell the people what you're about to tell them that like when we when we were prepping earlier today, I was like, maybe we don't even need to talk about it. <laughs> maybe we can just not name it and you looked at me and said some version of like can you like break that down for me can you walk me through what's happening in mm-hmm. your mind why you think we don't need to tell the people yeah so we wrote a book mm-hmm. a uh, second this book. past year a second book yes as uh listeners know mm-hmm. um the second book um, more geared towards helpers uh, called The Grieving Therapist, Caring for Yourself and Your Clients When It Feels Like the End of the World, um, which <laughs> this snack is holding up right now to only me. 
Right. <laughs> Only the captain <laughs> doing a jaunty dance, being like, isn't this great? It's very sad, but very great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we've spent the past uh, year mm-hmm. thinking um, and writing and being with grief. Yeah. yeah. Which has been very experiential for us. Um, mm-hmm. It and, has. And during this exploration... We began to be curious about how how is this mm. five year journey going? Yeah. Um, and the answer is beautifully. It's a beautiful hey. five year journey. It is. And also that we may be coming to the end of mm-hmm. of this adventure. And I'm pausing for a moment for whatever feelings are coming up for you, dear listener. Yeah. And I want to say we're not saying goodbye right now. No, no. Heavens no. We have like a whole situation planned that the captain's going to get to in just a moment here. We have a whole thing. But much like in therapy, we're talking about endings with enough time to process and grieve them. So they are not abrupt. And we know what's coming, but we're, we're coming to the end of this adventure. And we thought it would be a wonderful final adventure to travel through the 10 realms of grief that are in the book that we wrote. So while this is the grieving therapist on the Starship Therapies, we could think of it as a crossover but it's still us so it'll be starship therapies with the grieving therapist it's like a crossover episode with the same actors yeah i mean so i I sat with that and um like not just now not just when you said it i was also sitting with this (laughs) earlier (laughs) um because spoiler alert friends a good a good chunk of this sort of like like the captain and I have known for a while that our five year journey, glorious and beautiful and varied was coming to a close. Um, but we weren't really sure how to end it. Cause like endings are really important and we wanted to do mm-hmm. it like mindfully and in a way that like really honored the time that um, all of us have spent here. Mm-hmm. And it felt like really appropriate to combine it, interweave it with the grief work mm-hmm. that we've been doing for the last couple of years so it is something like a crossover app if we want to think about it from like a book context. But I also kind of feel like maybe it's more of like an integration. Um, oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. on a crossover, mm-hmm. you know that those actors are going to go back to their show. Right. Exactly. And that's not really what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We're just integrating this other story. Mm-hmm. that we live in. Right. Which in some ways, like we set ourselves up for 40 episodes ago. We had no <laughs> idea that we were setting ourselves up in this way. That's a, that's a real long game tee off, right? Right. There. <laughs> that would have been a really epic long game. And it would, and I, and I could like pretend that we knew, we did not know. We had no idea the pandemic hit and we were miserable and we were like, how can we talk about it in a way that still has hope? Right. And I don't know that we actually named this this explicitly on the 38th episode, but like 
I think the big reason that we used the framing device of our show as like, we're going to go back in time to the pandemic is that that would bring this sense of like hope that there would be a tomorrow. It's so funny to think about it now. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm remembering our thought process on that. And really, I don't, that none of that was conscious, at least for me. Mm. It was it for me. It was like we must maintain the fourth wall. <laughs> the pandemic isn't happening now because we're in the future. Yes, I think I do remember you saying that. Um, and I, <laughs> I, I remember saying the thing about hope, but I also could have just thought it. But I also think that like we were like coping the very best way we knew how back then. And as, it was as we're all who live to see all such times. Who live to see such times. And I think your way of coping was like, let's hold to the constructs of theater and art. Oh, sure. I that's a that's a safe space for me. You know, and my way of coping, I guess, was just like staring, staring into the abyss. <laughs> because my system is like, if we stare into the abyss, then we're we're ready. We know what's coming at us. The worst thing that could ever happen is to be taken unawares. Um, That's obviously not going to be true for every human or every system. It's definitely true for mine, though. Um, I feel much, much better being able to look a thing in front of me and know it's coming for me than to, like, be caught unawares. I love you using unawares because it's so into the woods. A musical that I actually think you would like. I remember seeing Into the Woods years and years and years ago, because did I ever tell you that I was a part of, for one summer and one summer only, I did like a theater camp. Come on. Yeah, no, I did. It wasn't like a traditional theater camp. Like we were poor. It was a small town. It was like you went to, you went to the middle school and hung mm-hmm. out in the middle school theater for like a month, maybe. Mm-hmm. And... Like, a, it was, like, it had, like, two adult, like, co-theater teachers, but then it was also f- co-facilitated by a couple of, like, high school theater students. Oh, man. I used to volunteer for shit like that. Okay. Okay. And I remember at the time, mm-hmm. what was, I think I might have been going into sixth grade looking at these older high schoolers and being like, this is not it. <laughs> <laughs> so you looked. You looked at your small town's version of me and you were like, fuck no. Yes, yes. (laughs) And I remember like I wanted to leave and my mother was like, no, you're not leaving. (laughs) (laughs) My parents were big believers in like, if you've said you're going to do something, you're going to see it all the way through, which is fascinating if you know either of my parents. Um, But that was absolutely like what they required of me. And it's absolutely what I did. Um, and so wow. yeah, and we, this is very much explaining a part of you, right? Doesn't it though? Well, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> <laughs> little, little free psychoanalysis there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just take it away. Put this little nugget in my pocket to like you know reflect on later. But yeah, I think it was during the first like week, two weeks maybe that uh, we all like sat down and they wheeled out a television with a VCR and a very long extension cord. <laughs> and had to like wind it down through like the rows of this like you know like molding middle school theater and plugged it in and we watched into the woods okay. or we watched like the first half of it maybe um i don't know if i ever finished it but i do remember enjoying it 
I think you would act, and, and I mean, I've been wrong before when it comes to you and musicals, but I, you know, it's Sondheim. I mean, you've said that to me before, and I'm like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> but for what it's worth, I do remember. Um, graduated from fifth grade, going into sixth grade, me watching it and being like, oh, yeah, I see this. This is okay. Um, so, like, if a production ever came to one of our fair cities, I would be like, let's go to it together and see what happens. <laughs> okay, good to know you're open to it. Um, <laughs> but I, I bring us back. Because I love that, that, you're that was me. Back. I I I did because I sent us away and now I'm bringing us back. Um, we we are going to venture mm-hmm. through through the realms of our grief. That's right. That's right, friends at home. And here's the thing: um, as these episodes debut, I am certain that most of them will be coming out after our book has launched. Mm-hmm. So you can buy The Grieving Therapist, Caring for Yourself and Your Clients When It Feels Like the End of the World. And if you wanted, you could follow along. Oh, what a fun idea. Be like book club Mm -hmm. with the authors. Mm -hmm. With the authors. Um, Because we're going to go chapter by chapter. Mm -hmm. Each app will be focusing on one chapter, one realm. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to be giving you like behind the scenes. This is like our version of behind the scene footage that used to be. All the rage and DVDs. <laughs> uh, well, and and now it's on Instagram. Hashtag BTS. Yeah, that's true. It is now on Instagram. I have to mm-hmm. say that, like, it's interesting. Um, I'm very, like, partial to this period when it was, like, early DVDs. And, like, mm-hmm. time and money was spent on all, like, their curated special features. There were mm-hmm. a few DVDs that I remember watching, like, cover to cover, back to back. To get all those special features. Oh, that's nice. I I mean, if you ever wanted to, the yeah. Supernatural DVDs are jam-packed <laughs> with extra features. Here's the thing. If I can ever retire, <laughs> that feels like a wonderful, nay, a beautiful retirement activity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just, oh, we can get our retirement homes, which but not like not not retirement homes, but like we no, can. I, I get it. We'll live in a nice a duplex or something. Um, yeah, in a nice quiet beach community mm-hmm. where someone else comes in and like maintains our rock gardens because we won't be having grass at that point. The water wars will have squashed all of that. Oh, does that mean we can't have a koi pond? Probably not, unless we're going to be eating those fish. <laughs> Unless it's going to be like organic fish farming, which which is not going to be a thing for you because you don't like fish. I yeah, I mean, even if things got so bad that I could no longer maintain my plant based diet, I know it would have to be like actual end of the world times for me to eat a fish. Yeah, you'd need to be pretty starving. I do think, though, this is one of the things that like I agree with the director James Cameron on. Um, <laughs> Where like he he has this phrase for eating vegan that I'm forgetting right now, but it's like it's something like future food. Future food. Where he believes that like being vegan is the diet of the future. Mm. Because it it is the most like ecologically sound mm-hmm. approach. And I think in many ways James is correct. 
on that yeah. particular issue. I'm not saying that James is correct, like wholesale, you know, he's, he's a rich person being over-resourced like that does things to you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. See other episodes where we talk about how being ultra wealthy rots your brain. That's right. That's right. And or check out the book, Humankind, A Hopeful History. <laughs> we didn't write that book, but I do plug it at every opportunity. <laughs> we read so many things. I don't know if folks at home know this. Yeah. Um, uh huh. When one writes a book or when two <gasps> writes a book. When, when two, I like that you put it that way. When two writes a book. <laughs> um, it, it's not just shit that's straight out of your own brain. I mean, there is a lot of shit that comes out of your own brain. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there's so much reading to have to do. Yes. To back up things they're saying, to research things they believe but aren't sure other people have done mm-hmm. the investigation on. Right. Or, you know, we, we've only heard the cishet white man's opinion on this thing. So we need to read a book written by someone who is not of that population. Yeah. And sometimes for some things, that is a hard bill to fill. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. We do our best. But we, we, we read, we read so many things. So many sad things. So many sad things. Yeah, because I think the way it worked out is we pitched our amazing, amazing editor, Shana, mm-hmm. Shana Keels, and uh, we had a bunch of different ideas. And the one that, that they loved the most mm-hmm. was to write a book about grieving specifically. And I do think we even had the title at that point, The Grieving Therapist. We mm-hmm. had we had nothing. We didn't have very much beyond that. Right. Well, because it was just a list of like mm-hmm. rough ideas that we rough didn't want ideas. S- we didn't want to dive too far into anything, right? Until we knew they were into it. Yeah, yeah. And it was fall of 2021, and it was. I mean, and that was still like very much like center of the pandemic. Like, I at that point we had maybe like what one vaccination, maybe. Um. And, but it was like getting to be fall and winter and like the numbers mm-hmm. were climbing. And so like at that point, any sort of like going outness that had happened in the summer was being battened down. So we were, we were all prepping for another long winter. And I think we were both like, may, like maybe it'd be good for us to like have something to focus on, a meaning making project, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember... If it, I don't think this was exactly Shana's idea, but I, it was either, it was maybe, did you, was it your first idea, idea first, Justine, or was it Shana's? The Grieving Therapist? Yeah. Um, so I'm hesitating because mm-hmm. you're the one who told me it was my idea. Oh, interesting. I don't actually have any real memory, <laughs> but to be fair... Uh, once I had COVID, I lost some memories yeah, from you lost, that time period. Yeah, you have some lost time there. So, so when you told me it was my idea, I was just like, yes, that must yeah. be true because Spock has memories. <laughs> That's true. Spock does have memories. So, you know what? We're just going to like, you know, we're going to put it out there that like memories are, they're like. Subjective. They're, they're subjective. They're, mm-hmm. And this, so this is my perspective. My perspective is that it was your idea. You had sort of like the nascent like title Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And we threw it out there to Shayna. And like, I don't think this is something that either of us really took very seriously. We did not think that this was going to be the thing on our long list mm-hmm. that she would be excited about. But absolutely. The grieving therapist was the thing for Shayna mm-hmm. that they were the most pumped about. And I was horrified. <laughs> That's what I remember feeling. I remember feeling just like this cold, sinking dread that then mm-hmm. spread through my limbs as sort of a deep freeze sensation. And I thought, oh, no, we can't possibly do this. And we're you- still living in it. Right. And you had, at least from the outside, what seemed like the total opposite reaction. You were like, great. This I do have more of a sense of if not Mm -hmm. like hard memories i what is true of me Mm -hmm. and you know this and listeners of the show probably also know this yeah parts of me love to hide the difficulty of things from me yes so that i Mm -hmm. do not hesitate you know it's kirks have this trait Yes. It's it's how we can just say beam me down to that planet. <laughs> it's how I leave the docking bay. And I actually like this is like the 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 old the like the OG callback because we talk about this in our very first episode that like That's right. mm-hmm. Spock's will will stay docked mm-hmm. for maybe forever if left to their own devices because there's mm-hmm. always another test you can run. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kirks are like let's fucking go. Yeah, it'll be Let's fun. do this. It'll be fine. It'll be fun. Think of how amazing we'll feel at the end. We'll, you know, we'll find some cool shit. Anomalies. You like studying anomalies, <laughs> you know? And I think that was one of the ways you tried to get me on board. You were like, think of all the research. Because I was like, I don't know anything about, like, mm-hmm. the study of grief. And you were like, you love reading books. I know. And I was like, you love being sad. You love, you love crying. <laughs> you get to read books and cry. This sounds like... A match made in heaven. And I do remember, I have this memory of like me standing in my old kitchen because in case, and you might actually be able to hear this friends at home. I may, I probably sound anywhere from a little to a lot different Mm -hmm. because I have moved since the last time we recorded. So I'm recording in a totally different space. Um, So back in our old apartment, I have this memory of like standing in the very tiny, very cramped kitchen, holding the tea kettle. (laughs) Saying to my partner, I just don't think that Justine knows how hard this is going to be. And he very diplomatically was like, well, no, probably not. But like, that's your dynamic. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's exactly right. I, I think (laughs) about times when you've said to me, that's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, "Mm." I don't think so. Or when I when I started my first business, when I started Yoga Quest before oh, I started wow. yeah. um Blue Box mm-hmm. Counseling. Yeah. And this was this was BS. This was before Spock. This was before Spock. This was well I no, was it right? you're right. Yeah. You're right. It's I it's it is older than our it's older than our friendship. <laughs> Um, and that is BS. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, that is true. Uh, 
people were like, wow, you're starting a business. This is such a big deal. It's going to be so much work. And I was like, what are you talking about? This is going to be, this is like exactly this. Nothing is changing. What are you talking about? Oh, that's so great. I can, I can just picture you being like, no, this is fine. This is, nothing is changing. No. Uh, Everything is going to be totally the same as it was before. (laughs) And, oh. Wow. Wow. Sweet, sweet summer me. Sweet summer you. That was, you couldn't have been more wrong. More wrong. (laughs) (laughs) There would have been no way to be more wrong. No, I was trying to think. I was like hesitating. I was like, do I need to like soften this or qualify this? No, not, no, not this. It was, I mean, it changed like everything. Everything. And, and some things were really wonderful and Mm -hmm. I, and I gained a lot and some things were really fucking terrible. And right. I lost a lot, mm-hmm. especially money. Yeah, yeah. You were not over-resourced. No, from a capitalist standpoint, Yoga Quest was a failure. <laughs> from, from a community building standpoint, what a success. What a success. Truly. Yeah, no, it totally was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that we've had a nice long lead-in. Yeah, a preamble. Mm-hmm. Sojourn. <laughs> <laughs> you got a real sense, uh, folks at home, of like, what, how did we even end up sitting down and writing and researching mm-hmm. about grief? Mm-hmm. And uh, that takes us to like chapter one, which is the mm-hmm. realm of our plague. Uh, start at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. A very mm-hmm. good place to start. That's right. That's right. There were no does or deers, though. At least, <laughs> at least not that I recall, either literally or metaphorically. Um, though we certainly do use like the framing metaphor, because who would we be without a good framing metaphor? Right? Yeah, we, we can't just write a book that's like, here are sad things. No, we did try. And... <laughs> You just for funsies, I like pulled up our old like giant Google oh, folder, no. like the sandbox where all the dead things <gasps> were. <are>. All... <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and fun fact, friends at home, and you'll learn this as we go chapter by chapter. Some chapters we had to completely rewrite. And chapter one, I know that we wrote, we re, certain chapters we rewrote so many times that I had to like give them different titles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I must have gone back in here at some point and like put all the other chapter ones away. And, you know, we'll I'll see if I can find them at a later time. But like chapter one is called Chapter One Redux. <laughs> I think that was the third chapter one. I think so, because I think I started with, like, chapter one, chapter 1.1, chapter one reloaded, chapter one reloaded again. <laughs> and then it was chapter one redux. I don't even think that we knew, I don't think we had our framing device yet. So our framing device is um, thinking of grieving as taking a literal journey mm-hmm. through. A surprise, surprise, friends at home. Surprise, surprise, friends at home. Um, so like you're, as you move through each chapter, you're building your map of the grieving landscape and you're encountering new foliage symbolic of 
um, the kinds of like grieving and sadness and, and struggles that are unique to each of the particular um, types of grieving that each chapter covers. So chapter one, we didn't know we were going to do any of that. And so a lot of chapter one was just you and I. And our sadness. (laughs) And our sadness. And so like what I remember from going like the initial attempt at revising chapter one is that it was like big chunks of text where we were like ranting about how unsupported we felt. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. By both state and federal government. And then just like chunks of sadness. And then and then we would get to this place where we would just like list things. Just list sad things. Just just list sad things. Um, and I I think, like, when we got to the end of that, we probably had, oh, I don't know. Like, probably, like, anywhere from, like, five. No, we did. We had it in and around, like, 7,500 words because I wouldn't, I wouldn't let us end chapter <laughs> until we had at least six to 7,500 yeah, 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 yeah. You, you're, you're good at keeping track of how long things are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we've talked at this point quite a bit about what the lead up was like. Mm-hmm. And now we're starting to chat about what was it like to actually write chapter one. What do you remember about the experience of writing chapter one, Justine? This is going to be really hard mm-hmm. um, because, so friends at home, we kept being given shittily wrapped gifts and if you've read our first book or uh-huh. listened to even like five ups of the podcast you know what that <laughs> means but on the off chance that like you brave soul this is your first time you were like you know what i want to i want to listen to the most recent i don't want to dive into the back catalog right i'm just diving in so for 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 those for those brave brave uh sojourners justine what is a shittily wrapped gift a shittily wrapped gift is something that is given to us by other humans, the the universe, society, whatever you want to name it. On the face of it, not great. Right. Um, <laughs> in fact, this wrapping is is real shit. Right. It's real bad. It smells. It's sticky. I'm getting a lot of paper cuts. <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. but but if you can tolerate the opening, yeah, and the getting sticky and the smell and all that stuff, there is a gift inside mm-hmm. that is really, really useful, helpful, is going to carry you forward on your Truth. journey. Truth. And so we kept receiving a variety of gifts through writing this book. Which mm-hmm. you will hear about as we talk about our process of each chapter yeah. and w- what the universe provided for us in the shittily wrapped gift department. What chapter one provided to us in the shittily wrapped gift department was, and y'all already know this, I got COVID. Mm-hmm. And we had already written at least one, if not multiple versions of chapter one by the time I got COVID. Did we? We did. Yeah, that does feel right, because there were a lot of revisions. You're right. I think we were already, like, up to Chapter 5 by the time I got COVID. Uh, We were about halfway through. uh, Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It was a slog. It was not going well. (laughs) 
by any stretch of the imagination. We felt so unmoored. We did not have a sense of like what we were doing or why we were doing it. I remember so many times during the experience between like chapters four and five, just like, like losing, losing hope that we would finish this. Aww. Like I literally was sort of like half writing emails to our editor in my mind that were like variations of we need more time or we can't yeah. do this because it was just, it was just not working. And when I say that it was not working, I'm not like, I'm not being hard on us. <laughs> no, no. You're, you're, if anything, you're being kind. <laughs> so it was right during this period that you got COVID. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I I have talked at mm-hmm. length in other in other arenas and other forums, and, yes. Um about that experience. The 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 gift inside of the shitty wrapping paper. Because we yes. all know what the shitty wrapping was. We sure um, do. <laughs> the <laughs> the gift inside was we now had a first-person yeah. account of the experience of having COVID. Yeah. Uh, because we had lots of experiences of being therapists of people who had COVID. Mm-hmm. We had lots of experiences of being humans in the world that was being impacted by COVID. Mm-hmm. But this was our opportunity mm. uh, yes. for a first-person account of what that was like. And... Yeah. Th- I mean, it makes the book better. It makes, uh, yeah, I mean, it made the book so much better. I mean, it gave us the the closing scene that we did at, it's near the end of chapter one. Mm-hmm. And I think we got that closing scene because I asked you some version of like, what did you, when you were finally starting to come out of the fog of long COVID, I think I asked you some version of like, well, like, what do you wish that you had or what do you feel like you need? Mm -hmm. And I I, like my my emotion based memory, because it's the fact course, like the corresponding fact based memory is a little Mm -hmm. fuzzy, which, you know, friends at home gives you a sense of just like how intense emotionally this felt. Mm -hmm. The emotion memory of this is that like you you said some version of I just wish that everybody like knew and understood and that I didn't have to explain Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that that feels true. I One of the things that was really hard for me was, you know, with, and I hesitate to even call it long COVID. I mean, it was, but there's a, part of, there's a part of me that's like, oh, I can't own that because there are people who, you know, are still suffering today. And I'm like, you know what? I, I am different. Yes, you are. Like that that illness fundamentally changed me. Yes, um, and it has lasting effect. I I am not the same as I was before. I will never probably be the same as I was no. before. And there's, I mean, there's a real grief in that, just in general. You know, mm-hmm. I because there was some shit I I loved before COVID that I don't love as much anymore. Do you feel comfortable naming? one of those things you certainly don't have to you can say not at this time no i mean i think i think conventions are a perfect example of that i mean yeah. that that is something that i used to just relish i loved it mm-hmm. i 
few things I would love more than going to a pop culture convention. Um, and that's just not my reality anymore. And I can, I can point to COVID as the moment when that changed for me. And is that because something changed in my brain? Probably because we still don't know shit about this disease. Truth. And if I like zoom out even more and I think about the nature of human existence and experience, Mm -hmm. this is what it is to be really, really present to life. We don't go through life the same. Mm -hmm. We don't go through life like we don't like I don't know, spring from Zeus's forehead, pick a myth, pick a story. (laughs) And then we remain these like super people with Mm -hmm. optimal functioning and optimal abilities. Nor is it even the case that like we grow and develop to get to this like peak of like optimal functioning, however you might define that. And Mm -hmm. then you just like maintain that. Like part of the dynamism of life is that you change in response to your environment. And you are changed by what has happened to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, it gives me, it gives me sadness. Like at the time that we're recording this, I'll be going yeah. to San Diego Comic-Con next week. Mm-hmm. Or no, this, it, it, this is a Sunday. We're recording this. I'm leaving in like three days. <laughs> yeah. No one felt, by the time folks listen to this, you will either be there, but more likely you will have returned. <laughs> and San Diego Comic-Con will have concluded for this, the year 2023. Yeah. But there, there was a time not all that long ago when mm-hmm. that was a, that was a bucket list item for me. Oh yeah. It was you a, planned, you planned each year. Around mm-hmm. the convention circuit. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I mean, not just San Diego, right? I, I I did. I looked at the calendar. I looked at all the conventions. Which ones do I need to go to? I'm mm-hmm. making air quotes, mm-hmm. which, you know, and yeah. I don't want to say it feels like a burden because that's not fair. Um, no, it's not quite right. It's not quite right. Um, a responsibility, I guess. It feels like more of a responsibility than it does yeah. a joy. You know, what? like the word that just popped to my mind, and mm-hmm. I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but I'm going to find out in just a few for- short seconds because mm-hmm. I'm going to say it. It sounds like it feels more like a job. Yeah. Yeah, that's real. This is something I'm allowing to inform me, mm-hmm. right? This year, I'm going for a shorter amount of time than I typically go. I'm going to spend less time than I typically do at the actual convention. Mm-hmm. My f- my energy is limited. Yeah. Right. Here are things I learned. Here are, <laughs> here, yeah. right? Here are things I really had to reckon with, with COVID. Yeah. My time on this planet is limited. My energy and resources are limited. Mm-hmm. How do I want to spend my time? And... You know, if anyone's listening to this and I'm like, oh, but Justine, I love seeing you at conventions. I'm like, I love seeing you too. I want to be clear. That Uh love is not gone. When you, like, if you're listening to this and probably you are and you have, you're like, but we, I saw you. Mm -hmm. And we had such a, we had such a wonderful time. That, that's true. That is also true. Yeah. Yeah. But the difference Mm -hmm. is, one of the big differences is that I have really 
stopped trying to hustle so much. Yeah, you have. Um, because I have, I have been a hustler, <laughs> a person yeah. who hustles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not like straight up Merriam-Webster. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're not a grifter. You're not trying to con people out of their money. No, you know that is a side of like hustling, but that's <laughs> not what we're talking about. We're talking about that like you hustle for opportunities. Mm-hmm. Historically, I hustled for ho- opportunities. Yeah, and I really it felt so important to me to like be in front of people, letting people see me, having mm-hmm. making sure people knew about me, making connections, doing the next thing, being the next whatever. Right, and like. A, grasping you know at, mm-hmm. for folks with addiction background this is the hungry ghost right it's insatiable yeah and i had this part of me that had this insatiable need to right. become mm-hmm. question mark there was there is no thing i wanted to become because people would ask me that they're like oh what's your goal yeah and and i couldn't answer that because i, I you know i'm like my hungry ghost wants to feel full so we have to keep going. <laughs> and because my hungry ghost can never be satiated, there is no answer to the question of what do I want to become? Right. And I do want to, I want to invite us to hit pause here for a moment because I do really want to like validate and affirm that this, the work that you did that was like largely um, driven by this part of you, mm-hmm. they did really excellent work. I mean, oh, so yeah. much of like where we are today, like we have a second book coming out. Mm-hmm. You are working on other projects that cannot be announced yet, but that like mm-hmm. are a direct result of that kind of hustling. Like the different book chapters, like you and I have written together, the ones that you've like co-written on your own, the mm-hmm. articles that you've been featured in, the interviews mm-hmm. um, that you've been involved with, those were all a result of this part and their drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I want to be clear. I, yeah. I'm very appreciative to that part of me because I am aware, you know, I, yeah. I was uh, doing some work on one of the projects I can't talk about um, <laughs> yesterday and I needed to put, you know, my basically like my, what's your writing history? What's your presentation history? All this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I've, co-authored these two books and I have contributed to 10 others on the topic of pop culture and psychology. And those are just the ones about pop culture and psychology. Right. Right. There's a couple randos in there that just don't fit the bill. Right. And past me. Yeah. She feels very proud of that. The part of me that did all that hustling. Mm -hmm. um, And She's also chilled out a lot because there was a time yeah. when she would have looked at that and been like, could be 12, though. Right. It was, there was that, like, not enough feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Could be more, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd, uh, if only you had dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And, I, right, she, she, that part of me, mm-hmm. had to do all that hustling for me to get to a place where, like, I, I am good friends with people in high levels of you know the psychology industry and 
the yeah. pop culture industry and mm-hmm. and now I feel like I can chill a little bit. I've I've been um and if folks at home you're like, wow, you're doing so much self-disclosure. Let me be clear, this book has a fuck ton of us <laughs> doing self-disclosure. <laughs> Way more than I think we, I mean, I'll speak, yeah, no, um, do you feel like it's fair to say that it's like way more than we've ever done? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have always been opposed to the idea of therapist as blank slate, as yes. you know, and listeners know, but mm-hmm. as far as like straight up talking about my shit yeah. in a public forum, Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I, I would say this is the most open about like my personal life I yeah. have ever been in a public forum. And I would say I would say this is absolutely the case for me, who was like, I you I feel like you have almost always outmatched me in that department. Not as if it's a race, friends, but I'm trying to give you a sense of like, what are we talking about here? Like you and I did like equivalent amounts of therapeutic self-disclosure. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a good chunk of this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, I remember being so nervous about that. I was like, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or parts of me were. Um, other parts of me were like, nope, this is like super appropriate. We're doing this. We're coming from a place of strength. Mm-hmm. And then when we sent the book out as a whole out to beta readers, which is mm-hmm. to say um, Readers who got to read it while we were still very much in the drafting process and gave us very helpful feedback. Mm -hmm. Far and away, the pieces of the book that we would get the most, um, like, initial positive feedback around were the portions that involved self-disclosure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, oh, we so appreciated that you told that story. Oh, I, I felt so seen when you talked about your experience with that. Because it, mm-hmm. it resonated diff- with me. Mm-hmm. It made me think of like X, Y, Z thing mm-hmm. that I had maybe been ignoring. But then you said it and it felt safe to bring up, to bring mm-hmm. out that memory for myself. Right. Which is a different thing than us saying like some therapists felt like whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I get on my students about when I ask them <laughs> to introspect about something. And they're like, well, some therapists might feel like this about it. I'm like, they might. How do you? human person in front of me feel about that (laughs) which is so hard it's so it's so good and important that you ask them that and and I totally remember being a student and being like (gasps) (laughs) but it's not backed up by research articles like I yeah you're right you're right you're right. And, and this is your, your practicum internship course, Larissa, that's all about self-reflection. What would you like to reflect on about you? <laughs> yep, right. And I really, I try to, le- I'm like, listen, I know that you have had classes where they are asking you to say, what might someone, and I'm literally asking, what do you? Yeah. And I know that's different, but we need to remember that you're a person. Mm-hmm. And this job is not your life, but this That's job right. impacts your life. And it's also informed by your life. So mm-hmm. what do you need to be able to sit down and be with your life? Mm-hmm. And what we're talking about right now, this was one of the keys that unlocked for us the question of how do we write this book? Mm-hmm. Because when you first got COVID and we were like deep in the weeds of the first half and I was like very much having like a, a crisis of like in 
such an internal crisis. And then you got sick and I was like, I can't talk to Justine about this. She needs to lay down in bed and do another nebulizer treatment. <laughs> and um, she cries every time I speak to her. Every I'm time like, I speak to her. And we just, we can't talk about this anymore. Um, <laughs> one of the things that really did unlock how do we do this mm-hmm. and not have it be like, we don't want the book to feel miserable to read in the way it's feeling miserable right now. Right. We can't have it be unbearable. We cannot have it be unbearable. And I remember you saying to me, they saying that to me at one point when you were just, just sobbing, you were like, it can't feel like this to readers. And in my head, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> She's so right, but I don't know what to do. And we clearly can't answer that question today. Um, But yeah. One of the keys was, this is not a research text. Mm-mm. This is not, this is not like, it's, it's informed by research. Yeah, we read a lot of books, as we oh, said. You're, you're right. But fundamentally, this book is about, it is designed to be experiential, which is to say it's designed for readers to sit down with it and for them to feel like they have an incredible, compassionate support to start grieving. Mm-hmm. And to not, like, look into the abyss Jungian style. But to, like, you know, like, look at it and then, like, make camp Mm -hmm. with supportive, uh, compassionate others and start to be with the feelings that came up for them when they looked at that abyss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go off, explore some things on your own, come together, be with community. Mm -hmm. Like, this... Leaving and returning, leaving and returning, um, and engaging yeah. with some just delightful, uh, magical realism characters that we have brought. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. we would chapter. be, we would not be us if there wasn't whimsy, if there wasn't um, some like very appropriate use of like a fictional sort of poetic hand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a book that's going to, like, you'll feel all kinds of feelings, including, hopefully, like, joy and laughter and confusion and silly and all, you know. Mm-hmm. That's right. Experiential. Mm-hmm. And and as we are coming to the end of this first chapter, chatting about the right. behind this the first, scenes like, of this behind first the scenes chapter. Of chapter one, yes. Um. This whole book was experiential for us. It was. It, and I, I remember knowing that and just hating it in the beginning. <laughs> Before we'd written anything down, I was like, God fucking damn it. Yeah. And again, this is such a, a beautiful encapsulation of us as people and us as mm-hmm. friends that I was like, I don't have to feel fucking shit to write this book. I remember you said that. You're like, remember, we're just writing this down. <laughs> we don't have to feel it. We're just talking about it. We've already felt it. <laughs> right? I was I was fully being one of my students. I was like, we're just going to talk about how some therapists feel dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about how we had feelings and we don't have those feelings now because we can put feelings away. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. I know. I'm sure uh, my clients who are listeners get a big kick out of um, my mm-hmm. absolute 
disdain for my own feelings. <laughs> there, it's not disdain for my own feelings. It's that I, I have parts mm-hmm. that are very much like crying isn't punk rock, even though crying is very punk rock. Um, Truth. You know, it, there are parts that are just like, oh, let's not talk about feelings. Let's not have feelings. Let's mm-hmm. just like blast some bad religion and lift some weights, which I also do. You do. And I will say that like coming out the other side of this book, it does feel like one of the gifts that you have and now really have integrated into your way of being is that mm-hmm. you, I do see you being far more able to do both those things. Mm-hmm. And you will more readily feel your feelings. You know, you still say to me sometimes, you're like, I don't want to, we're not doing that today or don't talk about that or don't bring mm-hmm. that up. But it is far more common now for like you, you to either initiate the naming of a feeling or if I like ask or do something mm-hmm. that's like feeling adjacent for you to be like, yeah, it's this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, we all have room to grow. I mean, I'm really proud of you. Duh. <laughs> I, I put my hand on my heart, friends at home. That's uh, the universal sign of I've, I, I feel that and I'm taking that in and I'm letting that be here. Mm-hmm. Well, since this is all about being behind the scenes, I also want to name that uh, in, the, in the lead up to this and the prep for um, this sort of like mini podcast, mini series that we're doing. I was so certain, and I said it many times to you, we are going to do each episode a short 30 minutes, a quick 30. I don't Mm -hmm. think you believed me a one time, not a one time that I said that. (laughs) And you were right not to believe me because we we are not clocking in at 30 minutes here, friends. I don't know exactly what our time stamp will be, um, once it's, it's edited by the incomparable Kyle Rebar, but I know it's not going to be 28 to 30 minutes. Yeah. Well, you know what? We set intentions and then life surprises us. Mm, well said, sir. We may be at the helm of this ship, but we know who really keeps us running. Thank you to Lieutenant Catherine Mandicap Duthie, who designed our beautiful cover art. And thank you to our fabulous producer, Lieutenant Kyle Rebar. You got to listen to this whole book while I recorded the audiobook. Um, thanks also to our incomparable executive producer, Lieutenant Commander Brian Therens. You held such compassionate space for our weeps. Friends at home, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And the very best way that you can support the rest of our adventure of this podcast is to subscribe, rate, and especially review us on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to tell your friends. Just a reminder that our first book, Starship Therapies, Using Therapeutic Fan Fiction to Rewrite Your Life, is still available at all of your favorite booksellers, so be sure to pick up a copy or two or three and share the good news of the Starship Therapies. And you can now order The Grieving Therapist, Caring for Yourself and Your Clients When It Feels Like the End of the World, wherever you get your books. Even if you, friend, are not a helper, maybe you work with a therapist who could use a copy. And as always, friends, live long and prosper. <laughs>